Amen. God bless you. I'm blessed to be able to talk to you this morning. Um, but before I start, I wanted to pray uh, specifically while I was sitting here. I felt like the Lord was giving me some some uh, words of knowledge for healing. So I wanted to, to pray. Uh, first of all, I felt like the Lord was showing me that somebody had a pinched nerve. Uh, I'm thinking it may be in your neck, but I'm not sure about that part. But definitely a pinched nerve. Uh, so I want to ask the Lord to really release you of that and whatever's causing that pinched nerve right now in Jesus' name. I just speak to that and say that nerve to stop being pinched, whatever's pinching it. If, if it's in your spine, it would stop in Jesus' name and you're, you'd be freed from the pain. Also, the Lord showed me uh, gum disease in your mouth. Uh, and so I'm just, thank you, Father, that you're healing gum disease right now. Uh, gingivitis, I think is what they call it. Uh, but if you have any kind of problems in your mouth with your teeth, particularly with your gums, bleeding gums, any of that, Father, we're just asking you today to release the anointing of Jesus Christ and touch those gums right now in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're a healing Father. Thank you that you're a healing God. Thank you that you said, I want to be known as a healer. The other thing I saw was the... Uh, I believe it was the left leg, and what I saw was the um, the skeletal part of the leg. So there's problems in this in your leg bones, uh, possibly in your joints, all the way from the hip all the way down. I saw that. I saw inflammation. I saw issues. So I'm praying, Lord, we just speak to that left leg right now in Jesus' name. And we just declare your healing in left legs, inflammation, uh, problems from uh, past injuries, uh, even someone who may have a broken leg. We're just calling out your healing right now in the name of Jesus. And we just say, release that anointing right where they are. We speak the word just as Jesus spoke the word in the scripture and the centurion's servant was healed when Jesus spoke the word. There's power in the word of God. There's no limits to the word of God. And we just declare that into the, into the atmosphere all for anyone who hears this, that their healing, would, they would receive their healing. They would be healed in Jesus' name. I just thank you for that, Lord. And the other thing uh, is more of a, a, a soul thing, more of a thinking thing is uh, I was pondering about God is good. That's something that uh, a revelation for the past many years, uh, the Holy Spirit has really been bringing hard into the church. And I've even discovered areas in my life where I've questioned the goodness of God. And so it's imperative that you and I receive a revelation where we know beyond a shadow of doubt that God really is good. Because that's the thing that will carry you when, when circumstances and situations arise in your life that's, that, that are screaming at you that God is not good. But the Bible teaches us that He really is a good Father. He's a loving Father. And so I want to ask the Lord today for people who may be struggling in that area, questions of why, and disappointments from the past, and hurts from the past, that God would go a little deeper in your heart today and begin to reveal that phrase, all His promises are yes and amen. 
That's a phrase that's just been in my mind and been in my heart for days. And I've been waking up hearing that all His promises are yes and amen. And I believe God is going to stir you and remind you of His promises, that He's personal promises, ones he, that, he, that are very subjective. I'm not just talking about the objective, big picture promises. Those are wonderful and absolutely vital. But I believe there's people who God really wants to begin to restore you again about promises He's made over you and made over your family and over your finances, your health, your children, your future, your calling, your profession, whatever it may be. And, and I'm just believing that God's going to really begin to stir that in you. And, and you're going to begin to say all His promises are yes and amen. And amen is just, so be it, Lord. Let it be so. And so we just declare that over promises. I, I know there's people who have been contending for healing for a long time. They have suffered chronic illnesses and have been prayed for by amazing people. And you've not, that healing has not yet manifested. But the Bible declares that God's a healer. And we can say all His promises are yes and amen. And so I just pray today that you begin to get this revelation. You see, that all His promises are yes and amen is very connected to knowing Him as a good Father. That even in times it doesn't seem that you can still believe it. You can still believe His promises are yes and amen. And God wants to reveal that to you this morning. I pray He would heal your hearts and heal your minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to read a verse to you here, a couple of verses out of Genesis. Um, it's, um, it's when, um, you know, Joseph was in Egypt and he had been... Uh, revealed uh, in Egypt and brought out of prison by Pharaoh and because of the gift, and, the gift and calling of God in his life. And he was placed over all of Egypt. He was like second in command over all of Egypt. And he had already uh, taught, had connections with his family, reconnected with him. And he was, now he was bringing his family into Egypt to live there with him because of this great famine that was happening in the world. This is such an amazing, beautiful story. And so let me read verse 9 through 11, Genesis 45. Uh, and he's telling his brothers to go back to, to Jacob, his dad. And he said, now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your, your son Joseph says. God has made me, has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all your children and your grandchildren, your flocks and herbs and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you and your household and all your animals will starve. Wow, what an amazing thing. At that time, that family was, I think, about 70 people in total. You know, Jacob, all the children, all the grandchildren, all his sons. And so they all came to, to live in Egypt with Joseph. Now, here's the really cool thing about it is Jacob said, you're going to live in a certain place. He called it Goshen. And so I believe uh, as believers today, there's a Goshen for us. Goshen is an amazing place. I've, I've really not put much thought in it, really, over the years until, until recently. And God be, has begun to really speak to me. It connects him with many things and, uh, that God's showed me for, over the years. 
But Goshen is really important for us. Our Goshen is not a physical place necessarily. It can be, but first and primary for us, our Goshen is very spiritual. So that's what I wanted to talk to you a little bit this amount this morning about a little is about Goshen. What is our Goshen? Number one, it's the place of being near to God. Uh, the word Goshen actually means drawing near. That's that's what it means, drawing near. Uh, it was a place where in in their time, in, in the t- time in Genesis, it was a place where the Joseph's family, his daddy, his brothers, all the children and grandchildren, where they could be near to Joseph. They could have this proximity to, to the second man in command over all of Egypt. They could be near him. And as we know, Joseph is, is an amazing, one of the best, really types of Christ in the Old Testament. He's just a, his whole story, if you really think about it, is a beautiful reflection, a beautiful picture of Christ himself. And so here we have this situation. Joseph is, is asking them to, to come and be near me. Uh, in, in Egypt, the place where Joseph was located, is a type of the worldly system. Okay, so, so Goshen for us, literally, and, and, and I believe that one of the highest meaning of Goshen is for us being in Christ. That's, that's really what it really means. It's being connected to Christ like a limb is connected to a tree. It's that proximity to Christ. You can't get no closer to Christ than being in Christ. It's a place where we can have this relationship with Christ. Um, it's being in the will of God, okay? It's being in the will of God, you know, in spite of the world, in spite of what's happening in the world. Because Joseph said, come down here and be with me here because if you don't, if you stay where you are, if you stay out there in that part of the world, you're going to starve. And so it's a place where we can come and be and be right in the perfect will of God. And nobody's going to starve in the will of God. I can promise you that. Uh, even King David said he had never seen the Lord's people begging for bread. He just said that it just doesn't happen because God provides for his people. And you know, Goshen also uh, symbolizes being an, an oasis, a refuge, a haven, a sanctuary. I love those words. Uh, in the midst of a very toxic world. In a very toxic world. So really for us as, as believers, we be, be, need to begin to think about Goshen and begin to cultivate that mindset to, to, to having this, this spiritual land which can become a natural land. And I believe that's one of the things that God wants to do. To do. It's a place where the presence of God, listen to this, the presence of God is felt. It's felt, it's experienced, and it's known. In other words, there's a manifest, there's an outward expression. We know God's everywhere, but in Goshen, God is felt. God is known. And that's really what God, that's the heart of the Father. For all of us to be able to have that experience where we're walking around in, in, in life, and, but we have this Holy Spirit sitting on our shoulder. We have this person right there with it, and we, are, we become more, in, in Goshen, we become more and more and more aware of that presence. And that presence begins to affect us. It's really powerful. Literally, Goshen, I believe another picture of Goshen is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven on earth. 
It's a place, it's the king's domain. That's what kingdom means. It means the king's domain. And it really literally is the, the domain of God on this earth. And God is very interested, as, as we all know, of bringing his kingdom into this earth and revealing his kingdom in this earth. Um, it's a place where we can be near the king, King Jesus. It, it really is. So jo- Joseph told Jacob, come here. And you will be near me. And Jesus has given a, a, a beautiful word. Uh, his invitation is, come unto me. And so there's this invitation from the Holy Spirit. I really believe for us to discover Goshen. For us to begin to come and begin to discover something as people that we've never discovered before. There's something that God wants to do in your life right now. You may be, you're, you're, you're stuck at home, you're stuck somewhere, you can't do what you always wanted to do. You know, you're, there's limits that have been placed on you you've never had placed on, on you before. And all of these limits are coming from the world. They're not coming from God, but God's using these things. And I think one of the things He wants us to do is begin to discover our Goshen. Begin to discover the presence of the Lord begin to discover this nearness that we already have in Christ. It's such a powerful thing. That's, all right, the second thing about Goshen, our Goshen is a place of separation and a place of sending. A place of separation and a place of sending. Let me read uh, four, Genesis 46 verse 34. And this is, this is Joseph talking to his brothers and his dad, like, when you go to meet Pharaoh, this is what you've got to tell him. He said, you must tell them, we, your servants, have raised livestock all our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell them this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, okay, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. The Egyptians despise shepherds. So, for them... Because of what they did, because of their skills, because of what, you know, they were shepherds. They, were, they had large, you know, herds of cattle and sheep uh, where the Egyptians didn't. And they were only, there was only one place in um, Egypt that could sustain that, and that was in Goshen. So that's, that's what they were saying. But the Egyptians despised shepherds. They despised that lifestyle. We don't really know exactly why they despise them? It doesn't really tell us, but I believe it has to do with there was a difference because they were different. Uh, you know, it's like some white people despise black people. Uh, some white people despise Asians. Some black people despise white people. Why? Because we're different. And people are threatened by difference. And so I believe that's just in the heart of the man because man is so fallen, we despise something that's completely different from us and, and because we, there's these fears about it, there's these you know, wrong understandings of it. It's just, just crazy. But, but I wanted to read a John 17, which kind of, kind of uh, brings uh, a little bit of a different New Testament thought on this place of separation and a place of sending. This is what Jesus, this is in Jesus' prayer as right just before he went to the cross. He says, I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to this world. Just as the Egyptians hated the shepherds because they didn't really belong to Egypt, the world is going to hate. Let's, say, let's make it real clear. The world will ultimately hate believers. True believers will wind up being hated by the world. Not just uh, made fun of, but hated. 
and despise. He said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. You see, you know, God has put us on this earth. He doesn't want to remove us from the world system. He wants us in the world system. But Jesus was very wise. Even though Jesus defeated Satan, he was very wise. He knew there was this, and he, I love it, he called him the evil one. Let me tell you, folks, there's a powerful evil at work in our world. And it's not just the things that we automatically think. There's a lot of evil stuff, obviously, that people do and think, okay? But there's a much greater evil behind that. And that's what Jesus was praying. He was praying, listen, I don't want to take them out of the world, but they're going to need protection. They're going to need to understand that there's an evil, and that evil is after them. And, and as a believer... I promise you, the evil wants to overcome you. He wa- it wants to flood in on you. Um, it says, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. See, we don't belong to the world. That's what Jesus is saying. We don't belong to the world any more than Jesus does. Listen, um, if, you, if you are trying to be accepted, if you're trying to be loved... Okay, which everybody needs to be accepted and be, and, and be loved, everybody. And if you're trying to find identity, everybody needs to have identity. All these are basic human needs. It's very important that you don't get them from the world. It's very important. And that sounds very basic and elementary, but most of us, at one point in our life, that's where we're getting love from or identity from or acceptance from. We're getting it not from, from the Holy Spirit, but from the world. And so, so I want to encourage you today to really think about that because the world ultimately is going to despise you. Do not be deceived. And that's one of the ways the devil deceives believers all the time is they're, where they're getting their acceptance from. They're getting their identity from the wrong source and ultimately it's going to destroy you. If you're a believer, it will destroy you. It will take you out of your calling. It will take you out of your purpose. You'll never be able to fulfill what the Lord's called you to do. Parents, help your children with this. Please help your children with it because your children desperately need identity. They des- desperately need love and acceptance. And it's really your job. It's really your job to begin to give that to them and help them understand how the good, good father also does that. Uh, let's see. It says in verse 17, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me... Into the world, I'm sending them into the world. So you see, Jesus is saying they don't belong to the world, but they must be sent into the world. Um, So God ultimately doesn't ask us to separate ourselves from the world. He really doesn't. Uh, But our life, our character, who we are as human beings should be separate. We should be separate in that sense we should be distinguished from the world. And the distinguishing thing is the presence of God in our life. That's what Moses said when he left Israel. Lord, if you don't go with us, if your presence doesn't go with us, how will anybody know that we're your people? Because that's the thing that makes us different. And that's why I go back to that first thing, where Goshen is the place where the presence of the Lord can be known and experienced and walked in. And so that's the separation part where we begin to have a place where we begin to understand the presence of the Lord and begin to learn how to walk in the presence of the Lord and carry that presence. 
And that's the thing that's really ultimately going to make us different from everybody in the world. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the authority of God, the power of God, God's nature, God's character being revealed through us. And that's really, that's really what God wants. That's what the world desperately needs. The world doesn't need another famous person or a movie star or a rock star or all our celebrity of any type. What the world needs is the people of God revealing God. And God really is desperately looking for people who, would, who, would be, who could really learn that. Um, so there's physically, there's not much of a separation, but spiritually there's a great separation. There's a great separation that God wants to bring in our life, that we're His people, we belong to Him, we don't belong to the world. And, you know, later in, uh, as in the history of I- Egypt, as, as, uh, as we all know, it, the, they, don't, they despised the shepherds. They began to hate the children, and they began to enslave them because they became very afraid of them because, because there were so many, millions and they realize they're going to take over. We've got to make them our slaves or they're going to take over. And we've got to just, you know, keep them under bondage or they're going to take over. You see, that's a beautiful picture for us today is God is wanting to take over the world. And we're all, many of us, we're in bondage and we don't even know it. And God wants to free people. You're the th- biggest threat to the devil there is. You are. But the devil has us tricked. He has us deceived. He has the church pushed down. I'll tell you one of the greatest enemies of the church. I'm just going to be straight. It's not some of the evil that's out there. It's not pornography. It's not, you know, adultery. That's not the great. The greater, a greater evil is religion. Religion. Because that's, cause ultimately religion leads to those things. Religion keeps the church in a box. Religion keeps us trying to live up to something and be something. Religion actually keeps us away from the presence of God. It, it keeps us outside the power of the Holy Spirit. Religion is a false anointing. Religion serves a false Christ. And God wants to free the church from religion. And I'll tell you, friends... We've been trying to do this for, for over 40 years, Becky and I, of trying to learn how not to be religious. Because there's, a, there's religion in the atmosphere. There's a powerful religion. And we can see that in some of the terrorists and those kinds of things, how violent and powerful it can be. And, it, some of us, and there's another whole other version of religion that's very subtle and wicked that has weaved its way into the body of Christ. And so we exchange one religion, the old-time religion. We're not going to be religious like that, but we've exchanged it for another type of religion that has its own sets of doctrines and own sets of truths and twists on scriptures. We need to be free from those things, guys, because those are things that are holding us in bondage and keeping us from being who God has called us to be, the potential in each one of us. The third thing I wanted to uh, bring up about Goshen is uh, Goshen is a place of provision and protection. Provision. And so, so this really should speak to us now with all the COVID-19 stuff. And, but um, there were actually ten plagues that God through Moses came into Israel before Israel got free, that God brought on them. And, I mean, some of them were absolutely terrible I mean, hail that destroyed crops. I mean, 
uh, sicknesses, frogs, flies, gnats. I mean, just, just anything you could think of that would just like, Ugh, how can we live with this? One after the other, after the other, after the other, where God was allowing these things to happen to get his people free. Well, there was one in particular. It was actually the ninth plague that I wanted to read. Uh, it was about darkness, a darkness that came. Uh, it's Exodus 10, verse 21 through 23. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Lift your hand towards heaven, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick you can fill it. Wow. So thick, that's dark. That's dark. I don't think I've ever been in a darkness that. I've been in some places that were dark. I'm not talking about spiritual. I'm talking about natural dark, where it's way away from any kind of natural light. It was really dark. You couldn't see an inch in front of you. But there's a darkness that you can feel. That's a spiritualness that, has, that God was talking about right there, that you could actually feel. It wasn't just natural. It, was, it had a spiritual aspect to it. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky, and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. Isn't that interesting? For three days. There's something to that. During that time, the people could not see each other, and no one moved. They, they couldn't see each other. But, listen to this, there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. There was light. In other words, the whole of Egypt was covered with this plague of darkness, but in Goshen... It was light as usual. The plague didn't come there. It didn't touch them. And as long as they were in Goshen, they were protected. That's, that's the key. As long as they're there, the, those things that were coming against Egypt, the worldly system, the people of God could get into a place where they're totally protected, where these things are not going to come near them. Then, of course, we see that as promises in the Bible. But here, what I'm talking about, how to tap into that, how to really, how to make that your reality, where you're not living in this fear, but you're protected from it. So, Goshen, in a lot of ways, is about light and darkness, prosperity and economic destruction. Amazing prosperity and economic destruction. There's going to be natural disasters. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be all kinds of things. Read uh, Matthew 24. Jesus prophesied. Jesus declared in the future there would be earthquakes, famines, plagues in various places of the earth. These things will happen. They will happen. The United States, as great as the country is, I love this country. It's, It's a beautiful country. Uh, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I count myself very blessed to be a part of this nation. But we are not exempt as a nation. We are not exempt. The United States, let me just say this. We've done a lot of good in the earth, but other nations have done a lot of good. Other nations have their particular calling and their particular purpose. So, uh, you know, it's people that God loves. It's people that God cares about. And so... As much as I love this country, and I, I think we have an amazing form of government when it's got amazing people running it and people following the Lord's run it, it, does, it, we are not exempt as a nation from suffering terrible things because Jesus said it's going to happen. It's going to come upon the whole earth, upon the whole earth. I wanted to read this famous scripture here. It's Isaiah 60, uh, verse 1 and 2. 
we all know this, and I'm reading this out of the New King James Version because it just says it so well. Arise, shine, for your light has come. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And that's talking about a people living in, in this place, this place of Goshen, this place of the presence of the Lord. For behold, the darkness, listen, shall cover the earth. It didn't say the darkness is going to cover Mexico, uh, Canada, uh, Europe. No, it says the earth, the whole earth is going to be covered in a darkness. And, and so I, I believe we're living in this time of darkness. It's, it's a spiritual darkness. It's darker now spiritually than it ever has been in my, my short life. Uh, and, deep, and deep darkness to people. And for, there's another level. That's that felt darkness that comes on people. And I think some of that has to do with, you know, when, when we go through difficult times, there's depression, there's fear. That's, that's a deep darkness that gets into our hearts. It's spiritual. That's the thing that really can really begin to mess us up as, as people. But it says, but the Lord will arise over you. The Lord will arise you, and His glory will be seen upon you. That, so that's the heart of God. That's what God wants to do in dark times. He wants to arise over people. I think that I think is interesting. In one sense, this scripture is already fulfilled. It was fulfilled at the cross because it says there was a deep darkness that came over over uh, Egypt for three days. That speaks of the die, the, when Christ was 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 murdered. On the cross, and he was in the grave for three days, and then Jesus rose from the grave. So, really, he—he's the light. He has overcome darkness. Death is the ultimate dark. He's overcome that. And see what God is calling us into—that same resurrection, overcoming life. And that's—and that's how the glory is going to rise on us. It's when we begin to tap into that. Well, I read something about light. I'm very fascinated with light. Uh, it's, here's a few things that, that's known about light. Light is the universal symbol of hope, truth, goodness, and purity. That's what God wants to arise on us. Hope, purity, goodness, and purity. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's what we're talking about here. That's what God wants to release on the people of God. Okay, light drives out darkness and diminishes fear. It diminishes it. In other words, we've all, as children, and maybe sometimes as adults, have been in the dark and got afraid, right? You know, that's a... But you turn the lights on, all of a sudden, the fear leaves because light has come. And see, that's what our answer for the world is, is to really bring the light into the world, bring that hope, bring that truth, bring goodness and purity into the world. Hey, listen, listen, y'all. The world don't need us to judge them. The, the world don't need us to be down on them. The, Lord, the world needs us to bring the goodness of God to them. The world needs us to bring the purity of the Word of God to them and the hope of God and the truth of God to them. And we can bring the truth to people without it being hurtful and ugly. Listen to this. Light exposes error and reveals truth. Oh, one of the things, uh, you know, when all this stuff started, you know, and you had to be quarantined, and there was all these prophetic words out there 
about, oh, it's a timeout, which I think it is, and it's a time for people to rest and, you know, disconnect from stuff. And, and wow, the first few weeks, it was anything but rest for me because here we were trying to deal with problems as a church and make decisions that we've never had to make before. So I was saying, yes, a rest for everybody else except for pastors and leaders in churches. I mean, there's no rest for them, I and mean, this is crazy. You know, and just trying to work work through this stuff. But but the last couple of weeks, God really has helped me and begin to really dial in to that timeout thing and really begin to to do some things in me. But one of, one of the things that God has been doing in me, He has been revealing error in me, some error in my thinking, some error in 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 the way I want to approach life, and He's been revealing those things. To free me from them. Because perhaps God has a little bit of a different take on our future than what we thought. And perhaps it's going to be a little better than what we thought. But if we're hanging on to things that's and, 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 and demanding it be a certain way, that's error. And so I just, I just pray that God begin to do that with you. Um, begin to show you error in your thinking and things that are holding you back. You know, the light does that. Revelation does that. Uh, light gives us sight, insight, illumination, and enlightenment. You know, you've seen the, the cartoon picture of the light bulb that turns on over a person's head. That's, that's what light is. It's all of a sudden you see something you never saw before. Oh, I can see how to solve this problem. Oh, I finally understand this scripture. Oh, I see what God's doing. I believe there's going to be a lot of light that's going to come on the people of God, if we, if we will allow the Lord do it, to do it. Light also represents reason and wisdom. Reason and wisdom. Very, two very powerful things. that We need godly reason right now. Reasoning. Thinking things through. How to do something. Being willing to get some wisdom from heaven and reasoning it out on the earth and walking it out on the earth. I think that's what light does. Um, I wanted to end, and now I wanted to tell you again. I think I've shared it a couple of times here in our church. I can't remember the last time I here about a vision I had years ago, which I believe now we're in the time. We're in the time where I'm starting, and, and the vision was of two kingdoms: the kingdom of of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. I was seeing, and I was seeing everybody in this place that were, they were colorful, they were in full color, they were, it was light, it was love, it was joy, but then there was a petition, some kind of invisible petition, like a glass wall, but it wasn't a glass wall, it was something, and then there was people that were in the other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and there were people, they were wanting in, they were wanting in to where we, where we were, because they saw something, they saw the light, they saw the color, they saw the life, but there was only one way in. There was a door, and they couldn't find the door. They could go all around it, feeling for the door, looking for the door, looking for a way in, but they couldn't find it. But we, could, we saw the door. We knew exactly where that door was at, and we could go to those people and show them that door and lead them in. But one of the tragic things I saw in that vision is I literally saw people that were in that place of life and color, leave that place. 
And there were some people I actually knew. And they did. I saw them walk out into the world because they were enticed by something. They began to believe something that was wrong. And they were enticed and they went out there and at first everything was okay. They had color. They looked okay. But over a period, I could see it over a period of time, the color began to fade. And they became grayer and grayer and grayer and more and more lifeless. And so that doesn't mean they're not going to heaven still, but they're living in the world. They don't belong to the world. And so I saw that. So I see, you know, there's this whole bunch of people that are out there now that want into the kingdom, but there's actually people that are with us today, believers who are being enticed away, and you don't even know it. And so I want to encourage you today to get in the light. Allow the light to shine in your heart and let the Lord expose error in you. And the thing that you're being enticed away. Fortunately, one of the people who I saw that, that really disturbed me, got enticed away, uh, actually came back uh, into the light uh, and was very like, it, I made a terrible mistake. I was so deceived. Uh, a friend of mine once fell into adultery, and that friend said uh, it was like being on a drug. That, that's how it was. It was like being on a drug. I was on some kind of drug that was influencing my thinking. I, I believe I've seen recently, I've seen women where the enemy were going after women. I'm talking, I'm not talking about young girl. I'm talking about not, I mean, I'm not even, I'm talking about more middle-aged women where the enemy has had a, a plan to take you out. And you've been a good wife. You've been a, a godly wife. You've had a family. You've been a mother. But the enemy has gone after you. And there's this intoxic, I saw an intoxic, intoxication come on them where they were literally it was almost like being drunk in the Holy Spirit. That's what it looked like outwardly, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was an evil spirit. And you could tell it was an evil spirit. Pulling them away. And so I really want to warn us. We're in a time where God really wants to do some amazing things. But I want to tell us there's also a darkness, a deep darkness that could come upon people. And so I really encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to go, to go a little beneath where He's gone before in your life. To go a little deeper in you. And beyond the sins that so easily beset you. But what's really behind those sins? What's really at work in your life? What's really at work trying to get you? Because because the devil is afraid of you. The devil is afraid of your destiny. He's afraid of your purpose. And just like God has had a, a major plan for your life, the enemy also has a plan. And he wants to work, and he's working that plan in every one of us. And God wants to make you and I aware, to, aware of that. This is very important. This is very important. Because, so you can live in the darkness and not even, not even know you're being influenced. But if you really want to live in the light, you need to let the light go into places in your life, into your heart that it's not gone before. And believe me, y'all, uh, 
I've been going through this process. I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like some of the things that the Lord's revealed to me about me first. And then when I started seeing some other stuff about other people that really concerned me, I don't really care. I don't, that's not like, oh, I rejoice in that. No, I'm rejoicing, though, that God's revealing things. The light's shining. And when the light shines, it's like cockroaches flee. The devil flees when the light comes on. And if you allow the Lord to come and shine in you, the devil will flee. He, he doesn't want to be in the light. And the Bible says the darkness has not overcome the light. It has not overcome the light. It can't overcome the light. So I just want to pray for you as I end. I just pray you could hear this. Goshim, man, let's get into the presence of God. Father, I just bless everybody who heard this. I just thank you, Lord, that we're living in a time of an awakening that's happening and on many levels. It's happening politically, Lord. There's an awakening going on out there in our political world. But, Lord, there's an awakening spiritually that's going to happen in our, in our country and in the nations and the world. And people are going to begin to see things they've never seen before. And darkness is going to be exposed. And the enemy is going to be cast out. And his power over people is going to be broken. And I want to declare that over some of you who are under a powerful, deluding influence of the devil. I want to speak to that influence. I want to speak the name of Jesus Christ over you today. And I want to break the commission of the devil over you. Agree with me. Agree with me and say, devil, you don't have a right to me. You don't have a right to me. I'm a child of God. I belong to Jesus Christ. Go to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. I can't, I can't fight this battle, but you can. You can fight this battle for me, Lord. This is how I fight my battle. When I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. I choose to go into Goshen and be surrounded by you, Jesus, and let you fight for me and deliver me. Deliver me. Listen, if you need help, get help. Get help. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. Mm. We will see you soon. Bye-bye.